You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. And yes, thank you so very much for staying with us this morning. Today, Tuesday, June 7, 2022. It's time for On the Lord's Side, Christian Perspectives on News and Cultural Events. And this morning, we are beginning again with that sad and condemnable event that took place in Owo, Ondo State, Southwest Nigeria, on Sunday when evil men, terrorists, wicked men went into that Catholic church in Owo and opened fire during a Sunday service killing many, many people. By many accounts, uh, the number of dead uh, now runs into almost a hundred or perhaps taking together the dead and 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 the injured and the injured and this morning premium times um is leading uh, on its digital platform with this news that markets have been shot in Owo on the state as traders mourn victims of church shooting markets shot in Owo as traders mourn victims of church shooting and, and i'll read i'll read from that report and then bring out a most important aspect of this tragedy that we who are on the Lord's side must never, must never, must never ever forget. It says traders at the popular Ojaba market in Owo, Ondo State, locked their shops on Monday to mourn the victims of the deadly shooting at a church in the town on Sunday. Gunmen stormed St. Francis Catholic Church. Owo, as worshippers were making the Feast of Pentecost and opened fire on the congregation. They also detonated explosives as the worshippers camped for safety. At least 70 people were killed and injured, according to Oluwale Ogumola Isui, the lawmaker representing our constituency one, who visited the scene shortly after the attack. Police said the gunmen got to the church at about 11.30 a.m. The police and state government are, however, yet to confirm the number of people killed. Preliminary investigation reveals that the assailants approached the church during the service, started shooting from outside the church, while others, numbering about four, shot directly into the church, the police said in a statement. As of Monday afternoon, bloodstains and a few body parts were still visible in the church. Fragments of the shattered pulpit at the altar were strewn across the floor. A stream of humans flowed in and out of the church, some muttering curses at the killers, others wiping tears uh, from their faces. And again, it says traders mourn Governor Rutimia Akredolu visited the scene of the attack. He condoled with the victims and directed that flags be flown at half-mast. A yam seller at the Ojaba market, who identified herself as Iya Idris, said her shop will remain closed for two weeks. He's quoted as saying, what money am I looking for that will make me open this shop today? Even if no one is asking us to lock our shops, I won't still open this shop. I couldn't sleep over the night. The trader then burst into tears mid-speech. About seven shops away, another trader, Suleiman Kemisola, charged Shongo worshippers to invoke their God against the perpetrators. This is what he said. He said, this is the time to enjoy the beauty of our traditional worshippers. Let them give oil to issue and provoke Shongo and his worshippers should not be allowed to sleep until the perpetrators are brought to book. Not just that, let other custodians of other deities in our world also send their deities after the evil perpetrators. I'm ready to contribute money toward that if need be. And an aged man, an aged woman, identified as Yasinoto, who lives near the palace of the Olowo of Owo, appealed to the federal government to do all within its powers in ensuring that the killers are brought to book. The attack has been condemned by Nigerians and the international community. And the global head of the Catholic Church, Pope Francis, on Monday condemned the unspeakable, unspeakable violence. This is what the Pope wrote on Twitter. He wrote saying, I was deeply saddened to learn of the horrific attack at St. Francis Church in Owo, Nigeria. Pray together for all those affected by this act of unspeakable violence and for the conversion of those blinded by hatred and violence. That's what the Pope wrote on Twitter. And that's where I, that's where I end the, the extract taken from Premium Times NG this morning on uh, the morning in Owo. 
Ondo State, Southwest Nigeria. And I love the way the, the Pope put it in his in his reaction, calling it unspeakable violence. And you know, I know one could rely on the English language to describe what happened uh, on Sunday in that Catholic church in that town in Ondo State, Nigeria. But you know what? No, 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 no expression in English language. No expression in any human language would, in fact, adequately capture the horror, the wickedness, the sadness, the tragedy, the tragedy and the sadness all mixed together in that unfortunate, unfortunate incident. Unspeakable violence, that's what the, that's what the Pope called it. And he called, he, he called on everybody to pray, to pray for those affected by that act of unspeakable violence. And as we, as we reflect on the morning in, in, in Owo, and especially among the traders this morning, I want us to be reminded as people on the Lord's side that there is somebody also mourning with those in our yesterday on pregame's joy devotional if you if you listen to yesterday's episode of pregame's joy devotional and if you receive the uh the daily prayers and the daily exhortations that we send that we said on 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 pregame's joy devotional i'm sure that you received this as well I'm sure you received this as well, but when we sent it out, somebody responded, uh, one of my colleagues responded uh, to me on WhatsApp. Remember that what we sent out yesterday was this. We sent it out saying that we're praying, taking that that, that message from Joel 2 and also from the book of Acts that and everyone who calls on Jesus will be saved. And then uh, she responded to me on Twitter, on, on WhatsApp, and said, how do we explain people that went to church and didn't come back home? Good morning. That's what she sent to me. Because relying on the scriptures, we, in the name of Jesus, being the power of the Holy Spirit, sent out this extract from Pilgrim's Joy Devotion, and everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. And she asked that question, how do we explain those people who went to church and didn't come back home? And I responded to her, she's a Christian, so I took liberty in responding to her directly. I said, is he not sovereign? Is God not sovereign? Who can ask him? Is he not sovereign? Who can ask him? May God comfort us and hasten his judgment on these wicked people. And as, and as well, at this point, this, that should be our prayer, that the Lord will comfort us, comfort those who are directly affected, and hasten his judgment on these wicked people. We are not praying in Nigeria where we are praying for God's judgment on the wicked people. The Pope has done better than many of us in not asking for judgment on them, but in asking for their conversion. That's what the Pope wrote. He said, let us pray for those affected by this unspeakable violence and for the conversion of those blinded by hatred and violence. And of course, I agree. That's the Christian thing to do. That's the Christian thing to do. But you see, God is sovereign. So when these questions arise in our hearts, indeed, when the world ask us and saying where you are you are going to say let us pray again right you're going to say let us go to god again but uh was god not there did he not know this was going to happen if you are on the lord's side and you're a matured christian the first thing to accept i always say this is psalm 100 verse 3 that the first portion of the bible to accept for the lord is god it is he who made us and not we are ourselves. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. You see, you have to accept his sovereignty. You have to accept that he is sovereign. You have to accept that he rules over the affairs of men. You have to accept that we are his. And, that, and that's the starting point for, for godliness. It's the starting point for the Christian faith. You have to accept that you are his. You are not your own. He made you. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. And again, that's another mystery. That's another mystery of our faith. At the same time that we are his people, at the same time that we are his children, at, in, in that same time, at that same time, we are also his sheep. We are also sheep of his pasture. So he's sovereign. But we know that he's good. We know that he's good. We know that his mercy is everlasting. We know that his truth endures forever. He's, he's a good God. But you know, sometimes you cannot see the you cannot see the goodness in what he does. Oh, Tell that, tell that to that to that to that man who is outside the country, but whose parents were killed, whose parents were killed in that church. 
Tell that to the man who perhaps did not go to church but whose child, taken to church by the mother, was killed. Tell that to those who have lost parents and friends and daughters and sons and, and neighbors. Tell that to those who have lost benefactors to the wickedness of these people. And they may, they may find it difficult to see the goodness of God at this time. It is our duty to pray for them that the Holy Spirit will open their eyes to see the goodness of God even at this time. More than that, that the Holy Spirit will open their eyes to see that important person who is also who is also mourning with us. It is not only the traders we are read of uh, in our war who are mourning today. The governor of Ondo State was said to have wept at the scene of that horrific attack. It is not only him who is mourning. The president of Nigeria has expressed his sadness as well. The vice president and all the leading personalities in politics in Nigeria, they've expressed their sadness. We trust that they're actually mourning because anybody with, with, with human blood flowing in his veins should be mourning at this time. It is not only them who are mourning. Are you mourning as well? I am mourning, I am sad, and I know you are as well. But you're not the only one who is mourning. There is somebody in Poland who is mourning with us as well. You know him, our Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, go through the Bible. You will find that anytime Jesus happened on death, on the news of death, on the news of a funeral procession, it's heartbroken. It's heartbroken. If you read Luke 7, in the message version of the Bible, it says, not long after that, Jesus went to the village nine. His disciples were with him, along with quite a large crowd. As they approached the village, they met a funeral procession. A woman's only son was being carried out for burial, and the mother was a widow. Listen to this. When Jesus saw her, his heart broke. His heart broke. When Jesus saw her, his heart broke. Anytime Jesus happened upon the news of death or funeral, his heart broke. And that's from Luke 7. And he went ahead saying to the woman, do not cry, do not cry. And then he told the poor bearers, he told them to stop and said to the young man, young man, I tell you, get up. You see, Jesus shares in our weaknesses. Not only that, he shares in our sorrows. He shares in our sorrows. Anytime Jesus happened upon death and funeral in the Bible, he took a pause. His heart broke because he understood when he was with us and understands even now the pain, the pain of sorrow, the pain of sorrow. And that's one of the reasons why the apostle wrote to us that we must mourn, yes, but not as those without, as those without hope. Rejoice with those who rejoice. That's what the apostle wrote in Romans 12, 15. Mourn with those who mourn. We must mourn at this point, but we must be comforted knowing that there is somebody who is mourning with us, whose heart is breaking, whose heart, bre- whose heart broke when he was here with us, whose heart breaks even now, looking at his, his brothers and sisters oppressed by death, oppressed by death and the devil. But you know what? Along with him, and ourselves, we are eagerly awaiting. We are eagerly awaiting that day. That day when Jesus, as uh, the Holy Spirit predicted through the mouth of, of Paul the Apostle, when Jesus will, will defeat death, will defeat death, the enemy. He has already defeated death when he died on the cross, when he went into the dead and he rose triumphantly from the grave. But the final enemy that our Lord will crush, will crush for us will be death. 7 Corinthians 15. Look, so when Jesus saw her, his heart broke. John 11 35, Jesus wept. When Jesus got, when Jesus saw the sisters of Lazarus, when he saw the sadness of those who were weeping over the death of Lazarus, he wept. He wept. Oh, Nigerians, oh, dear people on the Lord's side, I know you are sorrowing right now. And to those who have been directly affected, we know you are sorrowing, but we cannot claim to truly and fully understand the depth of your sorrows. But be comforted by this, that we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. He knew death the same way that we know death. He knew tragedy the same way that we know tragedies. 
himself died. But in all of this, he did not sin. He did not sin. While on that cross, while on that cross, bearing the sins of the world, buffeted on every side, enduring physical physical pain, and eventually death, he did not sin. He did not renounce the goodness of God. He trusted in the resurrection. And of course, he rose triumphantly from the grave. You must trust as well. That we point the Lord said, we must trust. We must trust in the resurrection of the dead. We must trust that on the last day, all those who have died in Christ will be raised again. We shall be changed. We shall be changed. And we shall appear before him, presented by our Lord and Captain as faultless, as faultless before the throne of God. And of God, and of course, is God aware of all these tragedies going on? He is aware daily, daily the martyrs are crying out, How long, how long, how long, how long to avenge our death? But the Lord is not slow concerning his promises. He has promised to avenge. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will avenge. He will, he will. It is for us who are on the Lord's side to trust in his goodness. And to engage the world with this news that the Lord is in control, that the Lord understands, that He shares in our griefs, and that in order that this grief will not last forever and ever, He has prepared eternity for us. He has shown us the way. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the way to God the Father, is the way to heaven where there will be no more weeping, there will be no more crying, there will be no more tears. There'll be no more tragedies. After our program yesterday, I was speaking with my mom and she said she listened to On the Lord's Side yesterday and that when we referenced Luke 13 yesterday on this program, you know Luke 13, uh, verse 1 and 2, you have an account there, an account of when Pilate, the then governor of, of, of Jerusalem, when, when Pilate of Judah actually, when Pilate went into a temple and killed the worshippers there, People went to Jesus and, and told him and said, look, this is what Pilate has done. He has killed those who were worshipping the temple so much so that their blood mixed with their sacrifice. Right in the temple, that horrible uh, thing happened, almost similar to what happened um, in Owo on Sunday. And she said to me that, oh, even on, on being reminded of that, she said to herself, look, tragedies have been part of human existence like forever. And that's not true. Tragedies have been part of human existence forever. That's no excuse for tragedies to continue. That's no excuse for the government to be like a desical and not, and not act as it should. But it's a reminder. It's a reminder. It's a stark reminder to those who hear that tragedies have been part of human existence. Tragedies will continue to be part of the human existence. And it will be such a shame. It will be such uh, a horrifying thing for anyone to neglect so great a salvation, to neglect so uh, so great, so ready, so available a means of escaping this tragedy. We're going to escape this tragedy, whether it be sorrow or pain or weeping or crying. We're going to escape it if we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in his righteousness, we are admitted into heaven. Anyone who trusts, who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. There may be tragedy in this world. There may be pains. But anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will enter into heaven as faultless and as the brother or sister of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he who promised us that there in heaven there will be no weeping there will be no crying there will be no more pain he's faithful he's faithful and he will keep his word and so we pray for the people of all war in Ondo State indeed for all Nigerians and all over the world we pray for all persons all over the world all, all, all persons who have been directly affected by unspeakable violence and unspeakable wickedness and unspeakable evil that the Holy Spirit will comfort them and more than that, that just as Jesus pointed out to those who told him of that tragedy in Luke 13, that those who have money now and those who are engaging with the news, remember that the most important thing, the most important thing is to accept the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to submit to his rule and to prepare for eternity. 
And we also pray that the Lord will help our government. We, we, we take into government those who are ready, who are ready to do what is right, who are ready to do what is right, those who will not rest on the wicked people are punished. For is that not what the apostle wrote to us about the purpose of government? That the government of this world are in place to punish evil, to punish evil. But where we have a government that is not doing all that it should, because from where we stand, we don't see the government doing all that it can, all that it should to, to bring this population to, to, to justice. Where we have a government like that, questions should be raised. Questions should be raised. And we are raising those questions. Right now, we are raising those questions. And that should be part of our prayers. That should be part of our prayers that God will raise for us men and women after his own heart, men and women who will hate wickedness and evil with all their heart, who will not excuse it for one reason or another. They will not excuse evil for one reason or another, but we recognize evil for what it is and we deploy the resources, we deploy all the resources of state to identify and arrest and punish those who are doing this wicked and unspeakable evil in our midst. And of course, I don't want to. I don't want to end this uh, this segment without without uh, speaking briefly about that woman quoted in that Premium Times report. I hope you heard it. Uh, there was a trader who was quoted in this Premium Times report who had said. Uh, perhaps not a woman, maybe a man, I'm not sure, but who had said, according to Premium Times, that, and, and now I'm paraphrasing, that all the people who are worshipping, you know, idols and uh, traditional gods in Owo should go and call on those gods and those uh, and those deities to intervene and to bring uh, punishment and vengeance upon the perpetrators of that evil. I mean, from 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 uh, from from an unbeliever, you would understand that the frustration, the sadness, and the desire for immediate vengeance, and that's, and that's lots of people who say they say, "Look, oh Christians, the God you worship is just so patient. The God you worship is just so uh, so so accommodating, so patient, so." It, 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 it takes its time. That's what they say. They say, "Oh, the God you worship, it takes its time." But the human desire is for immediate, 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 immediate justice, immediate justice, immediate uh, retribution of the wicked. But we must wait. We must wait. We are not our own. We are the Lord's. We are the Lord's and He's sovereign. And that sovereign part of God, we ought never to forget. He is sovereign. You know what a sovereign means? Uh, there is nobody in this world today who is sovereign. Perhaps it used to be the case in ancient times uh, that you have like absolute rulers, but I cannot, there's no absolute ruler anymore in the world. Uh, even the most powerful president in the world uh, would be a constitutional president with, with a constitution limiting his powers. Uh, the most flamboyant, the most uh, notable monarch in the world, uh, maybe Queen Elizabeth, is a constitutional monarch with her powers and duties spelled out by law. So, we do not really have a sovereign in the real sense of the world, in the world today. A sovereign is someone who cannot be questioned, whose word is law, who can undo, who can do and undo. You know that I say him, talking about our God, uh, before Jehovah's awful throne, ye nations bow with joy. He said, look, he can create and he can destroy. And he's the only one who can do that. He's the only one who can do that. He can create and he can destroy and he was neither created, neither can he be destroyed. So he's sovereign. God is sovereign. He does what he wills. He does what he wills. We must accept that. So if he says that judgment will not come on these people until X years, who are we to question him? He's sovereign and he's wise. He's all-knowing. And all that will have the faith to also accept him as a good God, as a good God, even if we cannot say it now. Even if you cannot say it now, it's a good God. So, do not let sadness or tragedies like this lead you to worship other gods. Do not let tragedies and wickedness like this lead you to say, look, uh, the God revealed to us by Jesus Christ uh, is unable to help me now. Let me go and seek immediate uh, immediate uh, retribution from uh, from these other gods. Don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into that, that trap and lose your salvation. Don't do that. 
don't do that when wickedness is visited on you and i pray that the lord will protect you from the wicked people of this world in the name of jesus but whenever you feel hurt by the actions of others learn learn to trust in the divine judgment of god learn to trust that he's not slow concerning his promises he will bring vengeance on his enemies learn to trust in his goodness and learn to trust knowing that this is not the end this is not the end this is not the end and, and that's the motivating factor for people on the Lord's side, that this is not the end. When I say this, I'm, meaning the, I'm talking about this world. This world is not the end. It does not end here. It does not end here. And that's what the apostle wrote, saying that if there, were, there was no resurrection of the dead, if only in this world we have hope, then we have all men the most, the most miserable. We are the most miserable of all men if everything ends here. Then we'll be the most miserable for men but that's not the case it does not all end here it does not all end here even those who deny who deny the lordship of jesus christ they know that it does not all end here and so we can look forward one we can look up to a god who is sovereign a god who has promised to bring vengeance on his own on the wicked and a god who is good who whatever happens is good is good you can also look up to a god who understands what we are passing through in fact our lord jesus christ shares a part he shares a part in our weaknesses in our sorrows when he was here with us he wept with those who wept his heart broke his heart broke when our sadness visited humanity and finally we can look forward in hope we can look forward in hope to the removal of all sadness and sorrows and weeping and pain that time will come and i pray that the lord will find you in the faith indeed when that time comes in jesus name We'll be back shortly, and when we are back, we're going to engage with a number of questions that we think that many people are ignoring in Nigeria today, even as politicking um, kicks um, off, even as preparations for the 2023 elections uh, kicks off, even as the All Progressive Congress holds its uh, presidential primary uh, convention today. The questions that we are ignoring in Nigeria today, the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. Please do stay with us. Thank you very much. You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. 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 And yes, welcome back to GospelBellsRadio.com, your community Christian talk radio with a mission to engage the contemporary culture with the mind of Christ. The program is on the Lord's side, Christian perspectives on news and culture. And next, we're engaging with um, news from politics. Um, in Nigeria nowadays, uh, the news is dominated by politicians and they are jostling and positioning for power for power and, and that's understandable and uh, next year 2023 by the grace of god uh general elections we hold in nigeria general election we hold in nigeria next year and uh, of course the coveted the most coveted prize of all is the office of the president should it always be so well that's a that, that's a question for uh for another day but for those who have been taking who have been paying attention for those who have been paying attention 
uh, to what is happening, who have been paying close attention to what has been happening, you'll find that uh, there has been so uh, much intrigue, intrigue, especially coming from the All Progressives Congress. For the other dominant party, the People's Democratic Party, the problem that uh, we encountered, for those of us thinking from a Christian point of view, and indeed for uh, anyone with any modicum of, of decency in Nigeria, uh, the problem with the PDP, although the PDP has chosen its own flag bearer now, uh, who is the former vice president, uh, Elijah Tiku Abubakar, the problem from the their own convention was what? It was money. It was money. From all accounts, all accounts, accounts that have not been disproved, and credible accounts, in fact, uh, we know that's been reported that uh, many of the aspirants uh, who went into that uh, PDP presidential primary spent heavily, spent heavily, gave out money to delegates, asking them, um, cajoling them, inducing them, in fact, that's the word, inducing them uh, to vote uh, for them. So much so that from the lowest office to the highest office, the reports, the reports filtering out uh, was that delegates were induced with cash and then of course for those who listen to uh, the podcast of uh, on the north side you know we devoted an episode to a certain delegate who who collected so much money that he was able to give out 6.5 million out of i would call it the loot out of the loot he collected from from aspirants to different political offices imagine that Imagine that he collected so much money that he was able to part with 6.5 million. When he was asked whether he was parting with everything, he did not answer that question. That's what the report said. He did not answer that question. So, I mean, it's reasonable to to infer that he kept some to himself. He kept some to himself and he and was able to part with 6.5 million. That's to show how uh, monetized politicking has been in Nigeria and how the PDP conducted its own affairs. Now it's the turn of the All Progressives Congress. See, uh, in the first place, the All Progressives Congress appears to be so disorganized, so much confusion going on, that it is impossible, almost impossible to predict for any any political jobber. No political jobber uh, can at this point predict what will be the outcome of 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 the presidential primary of the all progressives country at least for the pdp uh, people could um as are the guess people knew that uh because it was a game of of money people knew that the former vice president Ajiko Abaka, who is famed to be so wealthy uh, would come out on tops and he did he did come out on tops uh, because uh of his enormous wealth if you recall that the man with whom articles served in the presidency, uh, former president Richard Gumbasanjo wrote a book alleging that the money that Alaji Abubakar stole while they served in the presidency, he, uh, according to Abubakar, he alleged that the money he stole was sufficient to feed 300 million people for a number of years. That's what that, that's what former president Olusha Gumbasanjo wrote in his book. So everybody uh, before the PDP convention knew that uh, vice president, former vice president Atiku Abaka was likely to come out on top because of his wealth and because of course the delegates were ready to vote for the ISB. That in the case of the All Progressives Congress, there is so much confusion uh, because the party had indicated preference for a consensus approach to choosing the presidential flag bearer for that party. And of course, it was because of the non-inclusion of the consensus approach to choosing presidential candidates that the president, uh, Mamadou Buhari, refused for a long time to sign the electoral act. He refused to sign the electoral act for a long time because the lawmaker did not include the option of consensus. And of course, uh, when it became time for a new executive to be elected for the Progressive Congress, uh, despite the protestations from so many quarters in the party, uh, it, it happened that the executives were chosen by consensus and the president seemed to have expressed his preference for that approach again in choosing the presidential candidate but according in my own judgment again the president has exhibited a lack of leadership if he wanted a candidate perhaps he should have come out with it maybe uh, 
yes, maybe he could have kept it to himself for a long time, but now that it is a day or two to the convention, you know, good presidents, if you study presidential systems all over the world, are good. It is okay. It is okay for a president to be interested in who succeeds him in office as long as he does not tip the scale, as long as he does not put his hand on the scale, as long as he does not disrupt the electoral system, as long as he does not manipulate the electoral system. But it is okay. It is permit. It is permissible for uh, a president to have a preferred candidate and and in such cases a president who is a true leader will then will then galvanize support around that candidate will then mobilize uh, mobilize the party to see his own vision and to see his reasons why he's supporting a particular candidate and i suppose that perhaps this man uh, the president president is unable to do that because perhaps his choice his choice uh, uh, it could not be justified on rational basis because I would suppose that if uh, the president has decided to support a particular candidate and if he has good reasons for supporting that candidate if it would be fair to support candidate and, and by fairness I'm saying that uh, the unspoken uh, uh, unspoken uh, unspoken role in Nigerian politics where uh, power rotates between the north and the south so if his choice would be fair if his choice would adhere to that principle of return of powers if his choice would be to someone who is credible who is widely respected who is widely seen as competent I do not see why he should be shy if that is his problem he should be shy to name the person that he prefers to succeed him in office all over the world in the u.s where we borrow the presidential systems from the president don't shy away from uh, from aligning with a preferred candidate you don't shy from aligning with your preferred candidate you align with them and then you you build consensus in the party you do not you, you do not influence the process you do not cheat no but then you 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 persuade you persuade the people you persuade your party members to see what you see uh, to buy into your vision but that is what is lacking here. That is what is lacking. And now the All Progressives Congress has found itself in a crisis of sorts. As at uh, late yesterday, no consensus has been built around any candidate. The chairman of the party attempted, from many reports, the chairman of the party attempted uh, to, well, impose a consensus candidate. And of course, you know, that's an anomaly itself. And to use the word impose and consensus in the same sentence, that's an anomaly. But he attempted to impose a consensus candidate on the party. And that was roundly, roundly resisted and won by the by the governors and the platform of the APC who did not support his choice of uh, Mr. Hamed Lawan from the north. They resisted it, uh, saying that well, their preference would be for power to rotate to the south. So that attempt at building a consensus failed yesterday, or rather, attempt at imposing a consensus failed yesterday. And, uh, and that's what decision we have to make. Uh, that is, it's one thing to build consensus around a candidate. It's another thing to impose to impose uh, the consensus and again i'm aware uh, that one is uh, one is taking liberties with language because you cannot be using the word impose and consensus in the same sentence but that's what uh, it appears the all progressives come the leadership brother of the all progressive congress is trying uh, to achieve that is not going to augur well uh, for for the party neither will it augur well for for uh, for 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 our democracy, for our democracy. But that is all speaking from a political viewpoint, from a political viewpoint, but from a Christian worldview. We should be we should be interested in real questions, real questions in Nigeria. The point is, many of our politicians are assuming that once they are able to gain the platform of a major political party, then they have their pathway, their pathway clear to winning the election, to win the election. But you see, the purpose of all these, of all these, all the build up to the general election, the main purpose is to have a festival of ideas, as some, as some have called it, have a festival of ideas on how to address the major problems in Nigeria. Um, early today, one of my friends on Twitter wrote uh, wrote something that, uh, that, that got me thinking. He wrote on Twitter saying, number one, how do we intend to pay for the debt, the debt that this administration, the administration of President Mamadou Bari has amassed? How do we intend to pay the debt? And you'll be surprised how much debt we now owe as a nation. You'll be surprised if you see the real figures. You'll be surprised. Now, 
and I want to digress a little bit. Uh, there was a time um, during last week when, when I paused a little and I wanted to be very fair and to identify the the good things that this administration has done, that the presidency of uh, General Mohd Bari has brought to Nigeria. Because most times, if you take, if you pay attention to that question, you find yourself unable to identify uh, any good thing that this government has done. But 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 that's not fair. One must really look very closely. And last week, I tried to look closely to say, look, okay, what good thing, what good policy, uh, what achievement uh, may be credited to the presidency of of um, uh, General Mamadou Bari? And I tell you. Even the most fair-minded person will find it a challenge to name one thing. But you know something that can be that can be named is what is infrastructure. Infrastructure. This government has rebuilt, for example, the rail system. Has rebuilt the rail system. Invested heavily in infrastructure. Also, this government has built roads, has rehabilitated many interstate roads. I do not, I know, I don't know about the roads in your town or your city. If you, st- if you live in Lagos State, you may not agree with me, but those are those are roads within your state. But I understand, I understand, and I cannot confirm it fully. I understand that many interstate roads have been rehabilitated, and I, I also witnessed it recently. I traveled to uh, to Ondo State and. Of course, the feedback that, I mean, we experienced, we saw, rather, we saw the good roads, we enjoyed it, we were thankful for it. So, so this administration credits itself as having rehabilitated the road infrastructure and the rail infrastructure in Nigeria. But you know what? You know what? The rehabilitation has been funded by what? By loans. Loans upon loans upon loans upon loans. Loans are from mainly from Chinese banks and from the from Chinese banks and from uh, from the Chinese government. And last week, last week on June 1, 2022, this report appeared in Nigeria and I suppose that many people uh, did not pay enough attention to it. According to the IMF, that's the International Monetary Fund, listen to this, debt servicing may take all of Nigeria's revenue by 2026. So, so these are the lenders looking at Nigeria's books. Lenders are looking at Nigeria's books and um, all public accountants are raising alarm and saying that given the debt that has been amassed by this administration and looking at the revenue Accruing to Nigeria and the possible uh, the possible trend for revenues accruing to Nigeria, debt servicing that is paying the payment of interest on our loans and of course uh, the payment of what is due uh, instrumentally on those loans may take all of Nigeria's revenue. And that would be a serious thing. That would be a serious, serious thing if uh, the government would not have any revenue available to it to fund. Uh, to fund the work of government, for example, to pay salaries and to uh, to initiate other project. This is that, that's what the report is saying. That by 2026, if we continue in this way, in this fashion of borrowing, in this fashion of not increasing our revenue, we may find that all the money accruing to government is used to service the debt, paying back the debt and paying interest thereon. And that's one of the major questions that no one has been asking. No one has been asking all the people who are, are jostling to become president or to occupy high offices in Nigeria. They are not addressing this. This is one of the questions that they are not addressing. How exactly we should be asking each of those um, candidates and aspirants, how exactly do you plan to pay off this debt? How exactly do you plan to increase our revenues? Are you going to tax us more? Remember that this government has imposed so much tax on Nigeria, whether it is company income tax, whether it is personal income tax, and then the other uh, taxes on sales and consumption. And now we, uh, just last week, we were reading that there's a plan to also impose uh, some form of taxes on, on, on telephone calls. Because the government knows that it is in a dire state. 
And I was telling my brother recently that ordinarily you would suppose that people would not want to run for uh, the office of president at this time because you look at at, at the trajectory of our of our revenues, at the uh, enormity of our debt, and you want to say, look, anybody who is going to the president at this point will be inheriting inheriting so much problems. And from where I stand, it's only the person who is going there in the power of the Holy Spirit who is going to make a success of it. But I, I suppose some people are just going there thinking that, well, we see out the oil and there'll still be revenue. Who cares whether the government uh, is unable to initiate a new project? Who cares whether people are owed salaries? Who cares whether we are not able to pay pensions? As long as people remain there and they fund their own lifestyle, you know, and they just maintain things as as... as as much as possible so, so that's one of the questions that we're not asking and i think for uh Russell on the lord side we should not be taken away by all the shenanigans going on in the in the political system we should be asking real questions and more than that we should be praying about these issues these are the issues we'll be praying about because for a country to go bankrupt is no choice play for a country to go bankrupt it's no choice play an expert already saying uh Given the trajectory of our finances, of our public finance as a nation, we are moving here, moving here, bankruptcy. I pray that will not be our lot in Jesus' name. So for those who are the Lord's side, we should be praying about these things. Let's not just be carried away by the shenanigans of politicking. He say, uh, the person who is going to emerge uh, will be the person that the Lord allows to emerge. If the Lord definitely would not want Mr. A to become president, Mr. A would never become president. So sometimes the Lord permits things. He permits even uh, uh, some political strategies to work. They may not be, we may not think it's for the best of our nation, but he has his, he has his plans, he's sovereign, and it's also good. Sometimes he permits things to work out. So the person who gets there will be the person that the Lord has permitted to get there. Let's not be labor ourselves about that. Let's not be hoodwinked by that. Let's not be blindsided uh, by that to not see what is the more important thing you should be praying that the lord will save this nation from bankruptcy because that is where this government has pushed us we should also be asking questions about how these aspirants and candidates intend to deal with the terrorists nobody's talking about that and that explains why people are frustrated with this government going to visit the bereaved going to visit uh, the the injured and just expressing sympathies we should be asking how exactly do you intend to to stop these terrorists they are not ghosts they are not ghosts and they are not they are not in in places outside of our territory these these people these wicked people occupy nigerian ter- territory they are they are human beings so it's not acceptable to us who are citizens that the government is unable to deal with them. It's not acceptable to us that uh, not one of them has been caught, not one of them has been tried, not one of them has been punished. It's not acceptable. And we should be asking this candidate and this aspirant, how exactly do you intend to deal with the terrorists? Do you intend to start bombing the forest where these terrorists are? Because that would not be an option that should be out of uh, that should be that should, that should be off the table. There should be a sustained, a sustained campaign, a sustained campaign to uh, to flush out these terrorists from the forest where they are where, where, where they are hiding, and the and the, and the technology exists today. The technology exists, so there is no excuse for government. A government should come into power and make an announcement asking all persons who are supposed themselves innocent to vacate the forest, and then while building a veritable network for intelligence gathering to know among us if people are living for example in my area who are suspected to be terrorists there should be a way for people to blow the whistle and to blow it safely and that's another that's another matter entirely but you know what if the terrorists are in the in the in the forest as so many of accounts have um have, have suggested then we should bomb them out of those places it, the, the the forest should be made inhabitable for them and that's not something impossible to uh to, to be done uh, recently the governor of cardinal says was lamenting that the nigerian army was reluctant was reluctant to bomb uh the the places where uh they suspect that the tourists were hiding he said it the governor of cardinal state said it that we know where they are we know where they operate from but the nigerian army has been reluctant to to bomb them reluctance why reluctant 
what I learned was that they were reluctant because they did not want to injure the uh, the victims of kidnap and those who were air captured and, and that's understandable that's understandable but uh, there must be a way to separate them there must be a way uh, to to take drastic actions we must stop them and we should be asking this uh, this candidate and aspirant what do you intend to do uh, with the terrorists another question we should be asking is how do you intend to deal with unemployment do you go out uh, during work hours in Lagos State do you not see able-bodied people men young men just lazing around or just gathering, congregating in some street corners, just talking, perhaps drinking some bit of alcohol or just making jests, um, but, but, but not gainfully employed, not gainfully employed. Statistics show that those who are gainfully employed in Nigeria are constitute just a small percentage, a small percentage of, of employable and, and people who are in the working age bracket in Nigeria. And that's also dangerous for our future. We should be asking for specific proposals on how this aspirant and candidate intend intend to deal with the question of unemployment. There are so many other questions that we should be raising. And the purpose of bringing this up on this program today is to point our attention, to point our attention to things we should be praying about. Again, I say it, please don't be blindsided by the shenanigans going on in politics. Of course, we are all interested in it. Of course, I myself will be on Twitter refreshing to see who, uh, who emerges as the presidential flag bearer of the old progressive I have my I have my preference and I'll be praying that if it is God's will uh, this man will emerge as the uh, as the flag bearer for the old progressive country but God knows best God knows best and we're going to leave yeah, leave it to him to to work his will but more than that we should be praying along these lines the debts uh, that this nation has amassed the terrorists who are let me use the word terrorizing us and the, the, the and the unemployment the unemployment that is a real real big problem for this nation i pray the lord will answer us and of course i charge you you uh being on the lord's side to remain firm to remain to remain immovable remain immovable and remain firmly firmly on the lord's side please join us again tomorrow for another episode of on the lord's side at 8 a.m Thank you very much and God bless you. God bless you very good. You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you.